For another episode of Dark Side of the Moon, I'm your host Vincent Green. He's your host Noel John Tui. Let's get to it. All right, Noel, we're back. The final episode of series. We feels like we started all the way back in December because we yeah, did. Yeah. Because we did. <laughs> and this is the last episode of the Spider Fan Family, or where we focus on all the Sony produced Spider Man films and all the kind of adjacent movies that are attached to the Sony produce spider-man universe and we'll finish it up here with uh introduction of miles morales on to in into live action and he's existed a long time in the comic books but with uh, spider-man into the spider-verse we're taking a little bit of a divergence that from live action to to i'm um, sorry into animation because it, you know over the next few weeks we want to focus on a couple of animated stuff and we'll announce that at the end of the episode but no what did you make of this like as you said to me before it's just a joy of a movie and a Go feast in the senses and just oh i just watch it and, and it's so immersive yeah and you like everybody it's that kind of thing where the kid isn't close with his dad but neither of them are bad people it's a teenager trying to figure out the world and it's a dad trying to figure out how to be a cop and a father all that kind of jazz you just cared about everyone yeah in this film it's so early on the chemistry was flawless and i know there was i know i'm talking about animation but i'm sorry the chemistry just it just felt right yeah uh the pacing the, the goofiness and then even when it got heavy at times it didn't feel like the whiplash that some films go when they're so stupid and then try to have a somber moment and it doesn't work everything in like this a, film worked. like the amazing spider-man 2 like the amazing spider-man 2 yeah like they, they kill a major antagonist Quite, and she dies in slow motion, all that jazz, but just didn't have the, the sheer emotion that I felt watching animated and animated. I, I felt more emotion watching an, a bad guy, an animated bad guy die in this film. The Prowler. The Prowler, yeah. Spoiler so alert. this, so yeah, lots of the spider alerts. <laughs> um, this was probably, this was the best Spider-Man film. There, I said it. Yeah, no, I actually totally agree with you. Um, like, seriously, it's nearly... Uh, to you, I don't want to overuse the word flawless, but I think this is the perfect time to use the word flawless because this. I don't know where you could go after it. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, uh, just to let anybody that's listening home, we're going to fanboy the fuck out over this oh movie my God. for the next hour and a half, two hours. I loved it when I watched it first, but get, get, watching it again, I, I just forgot. I just forgot how joyous it was, yeah. how colorful, how mm. action packed. A kid trying to figure out, kind of a kid getting Spider-Man powers and getting dumped in the deep end in the most absolutely ludicrously insane way. Yeah. Like, you're Spider-Man eight seconds. You meet Spider-Man, he gets murdered in front of you, <laughs> and then you have to do the thing that Spider-Man failed to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, that's 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 way, like... That's, that's like good. the epitome of gulp. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so it just, oh man, I, I, I just thought it was lo- beautiful. And I, I, one part of me is going, why happened they made a sequel to this? And I watched this, and then I kind of went, I get it. If I, if I, like, if I was brought in on a film like this for some hypothetical reason, I'd be like, God, my God, that's a high bar. Yeah, they're making like, a sequel to it. Oh, of course they are. Of course they are. It, it grossed four hundred and ten odd percent. Yeah. Um, it ninety, it made three hundred and seventy or so uh, million, and it cost ninety six. It, it it absolutely cleaned up, um, of course. So it's it's writ its own blank check for the second film. But they obviously the property itself, 
they don't they, how do you top that I don't even know where you'd begin. Yeah, and it's probably the something to do with the reasoning behind Chris Lord and Phil or sorry, Chris Miller and Phil Lord not coming back to direct the sequel. I think they're on in a writing or producing capacity, but I think someone else is gonna direct it. So hopefully that doesn't, you know, take away from the quality in terms of storytelling or the action or everything. Like everything about this the soundtrack. Like the the part where it's the opening so beautiful. It's just the kid lying like in his bed. Fair enough. First you hear the opening of Spider Man, and then it switches to Miles Morales in his bed, listening to this fucking song. Like, and yeah. like, and just straight away getting lost in the music. Yeah, like straight away, you're like it shows you how intrinsically linked the soundtrack is going to be to the tone of the movie. Yeah, throughout the whole movie, like you know what I mean. It's like, like I don't even know the words, but I'm like. <laughs> But it was it was really well shot, like shot. I don't know, shots the right word when something's on. Animated, I suppose. Yeah, but he just by the time he's sitting there having breakfast, you're already kind of in his world. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like he, you can see that he's an artistic teenager. Um, that he loves his music. That he's got a, you know, a hectic kind of family. Lives in a relatively kind of maybe small apartment in the built-up area of New York. And uh, you know, he's a few minutes in. He's at school, and you just you just have a feel for him really early and you like him yeah. really early <laughs> I love the part where he's going to school and he's like slapping stickers and everything and he's like j- juggling these fucking big luggage bags because he's like going to like I think it's like a semi-border school or something uh, like, yeah I think, that's right yeah I think yeah. he stays there during the week and probably goes home at the weekends or some shit like that you know what I mean and he, yeah. and he's like he stumbles over the bags and he slides out into the middle of the street and his fucking father just pulls up in the cop car like you know what I mean <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like ah <laughs> 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 I've been there like your parents show up at the worst times <laughs> oh god yeah oh god yeah <laughs> but <laughs> what did you make of um Miles Morales and his debut onto not in live action? I think I might have said live action earlier, but like in terms of uh, coming live from the comic books, I know he's got a game out now. But like, what do you think of the first time we got to see Miles Morales on the big screen? Yeah, see, the thing is that what they did really, really because one thing is you have to lift him up and put him on a mantle without disrespecting the mantle that you're trying to put him on. So he's, he's trying to make a Spider Man out of this wet behind the ears kid. Yeah, you know, like a greenhorn who's who kind of just gets powers uh, against Peter Parker, who was also at one point a greenhorn, but at this stage he's Spider Man. You know, yeah, he's twenty seven or so. He's had this powers for twelve years or so. Um, he's like completely what, mainstream as well in terms of the public's eye. Like exactly. Well, but Miles was just in awe of him. He never. It's that kind of humbleness that the character had. Is that he wasn't trying to put himself on that pedestal. Yeah, and that's what made everything about him work. I think he was only trying to do his best. That was it. The exact same kind of ethos that Peter Parker started off being. And that's exactly, like. exactly, exactly. And um, I, I, you know, they, they, they killed Spider-Man pretty early in it. Who's spoilers? That was like, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, Kingpin crushes him uh, uh, like uh, while he was pinned down and helpless. It was quite dark. But I, was, I remember just watching it going, that is very heavy and it just doesn't... Well, I, I don't know what the next joke was. I, I know he goes back to his apartment and stays there that night and i don't know when the next joke was but i, I know it was earned it, it, whenever whenever this film wanted to bring me it brought me and i i never noticed it it was just smooth sailing all of the way through yeah i, I think like they made the characters similar enough to peter park without without being overtly similar so it's not an imitation exactly no it's not an imitation like peter parker was kind of like 
a clueless kind of nerdy kid while Miles was kind of like a bit of a goofball but kind of cool in his own way yeah, as well you know a little bit more streetwise as well it seemed a little bit more streetwise yeah. yeah 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 exactly yeah he was like literally living in built up New York and uh, he was he had his street art and all that kind of stuff but um, yeah I do remember the next show it's when he's at Spider-Man's grave and the other Peter Parker shows <laughs> Peter up and Peter Parker <laughs> yeah and he, he hits him with the web and they end up getting dragged through the city. Remember that? <laughs> uh, and it was hilarious. Do you remember the line? He's like a radio, like a cop, and somebody radios into him. It's like, well, uh, we got a situation here or something. He's like, what do you see? He's like, I see a kid dressed in, like Spider Man dragging a corpse of a homeless guy behind a train. <laughs> <laughs> Which is exactly what it looked like. Yeah, no, that was great. Because he'd knocked him out. Um, oh god it was just so good and then like they introduced you know a good bit later they introduced a, a, a Penny Parker from the future who has a yes. spider droid thing and a, and a hasp. spider ham whose real name is Peter Parker yeah. never took me out of it Genius. I cared about I cared about all these guys instantly yeah. uh, noir Spider-Man I'm in <laughs> I did not care <laughs> Yeah, what do you make of Spider Noir? What's uh, Nicholas Cage? Oh, I love them. Yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> his obsession with the Rubik's Cube. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love that. He's like, he's, I remember when he makes his first appearance, and he's like, "Where's that wind coming from?" He goes, "The wind goes where I go." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, like so, like Gwen Stacy in this fucking movie is awesome too. Like yes. Spider Gwen, finally something I actually called for. Remember when we talked about Amazing Spider Man yeah. two? I yeah. called for Spider Gwen, and I think uh, Emma Stone would have been the perfect actor to have as Spider Gwen. And I just think like to finally get to see Spider Gwen in this was fucking awesome. I love the suit. I love the way she incorporates her mask into like a hoodie. You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's kind of like something. Depend that was her. That's her comic book character to a T. The actual spider, like the the spider, the Spider Woman aesthetic. But the actual character was their completely their own take on Gwen. Yeah, and she was excellent. Yeah, she no, was excellent. You know. Yeah. What did What did you make of the chemistry? Because we have a direct comparison for Amazing Spider-Man Two. What you I like the fact that they didn't hook up. <laughs> yeah. You know, I like the fact that it was kind of like just the way things actually go. Is that it's just like you're teenagers, so technically it's just awkward. And yeah. Nothing happens. Yeah. You hook up in your head like fifteen yes. times, but never in reality. <laughs> and, and that was my experience. Yeah. You know what I mean? You take the Spider-Man powers out of there, and that's it happened to me. Yeah, I too walked around in colorful pajamas, getting rejected by girls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, what? So like, uh, what do you make? that because you, you touched on penny parker from futuristic tokyo or something spider noir peter uh, sorry spider ham uh peter parker uh, what did you make of like the different iterations of spider-man we got to see in this movie it was really cool seeing different types of spider-man wasn't it? or spider yeah. people sorry you had a down on his look spider-man which was B. just parker. a peter parker peter a little bit older a little bit a little bit of a gut <laughs> really kind of bottoms. <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, yeah, so like the good. divorced and kind of down on his luck, Peter. And then you had Gwen, and then you had oh, you love them all. And like, I mean, I mean, like the only thing this isn't even a criticism. I would have liked more backstory on them all, but a film has to end at some point, and you can't fault a film for having to end. Yeah, I think they played with the whole origin thing though to a T. They were like, uh, okay, oh, yeah. here we're we leaving. go again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Hey, yeah, and they tell like four of them in one go when they introduced Spider Noir. Penny Parker, uh, Peter Parker, and um, who's the other one? 
Was there was there four or was there just those three? Was it just those three? Was it? Because Gwen and Spider Man B were already introduced. Yeah. So which, yeah. Yeah. So I think there's is there six of them? Yeah, there's six. It's it's a half dozen, a half dozen spider people. And non sinister six, if you will. And non yeah, yeah, nicely done. There's even I like no. the one where they're. Uh, you see? <laughs> 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 see where they had? They were asking like Miles, can you do this? And well, you know, can you stand up to this? And, can you? and then sneak attack. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you can't do that again. Sneak attack. <laughs> and then he's like. And Peter Parker is just like, and can you glide through the air majestically when you smell a pie? <laughs> <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember when he's uh, when they go back to his um uh, college dorm, and uh, he's and they're moving, all in the room. Yeah, and the room that's makers, amazing. And they're moving around, and he looks up and sees them. And Peter Parker's like, uh, "Do animals talk in this world? Because I don't want to freak him out." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so fucking good, though. Oh, just everything about it. Uh, yeah. Like a friend of ours watched it and then and then went home and watched it again the next day. And I thought, God, like two days in a row. I don't know if I do any film two days in a row. But this, it just makes sense to me now. Supremely rewatchable. It's yeah, supremely rewatchable. Like in the same mold as a re as, re as rewatchable as an earlier Pixar movie. That's how good Yeah, that's, that's the thing. Because even uh, Dr. Octavius, a female... Uh, iteration of Dr. Octavius, I think Olivia Your Octavius. friends call you Doc Ock? No, my friends call me Liv. My enemies call me Doc Ock. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so and she, she was, she had that manic energy that that bad guy from the original Incredibles had, or you know, like just a real, like, like, like an evil cackle or whatever, you know, yeah. like just raw evil energy to her. And, and the Kingpin had. Oh, yeah, you know what? You're on to... Oh, you're close. I'll check it. Jason Neeplem, you keep talking there. Sorry, dude. Yeah, but he, she was just... Because they had Kingpin is obviously the main bad, big bad, but he wasn't a good power set for, like, really, you know, jumping through the city. And the first time they fight, they're running through a forest and Doc Ock is able to tear trees in half and all this kind of stuff. It was just... Syndrome. Syndrome. That's, That's so the one. Close. That'd be a yeah, good one to just, do, actually. Incredible. Yeah. Oh, I love that first one. Yeah. Um, just but just the manic energy of her, I love that Kingpin had this more stoic uh, like obviously he killed a character earlier on, so he was the one guy that was never really funny. Yeah. He was like the actual body. He was some no neck motherfucker, wasn't he? He's massive, yeah. ass, isn't he? Oh that but that's the thing that the, the film was like that's the way in the comics he's exaggerated. But in this, they were kind of like, sure, what? Like, what are our limitations here except our imagination? Yeah, exactly. And it kind of reminds you of the Kingpin from the 1990s Spider Man animated uh, cartoons as well. Yeah, you know it what did, I mean? Just yeah. like ridiculously big. Because remember in the fight he's in with Spider Man, he's like 4% body fat. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, didn't you realize he's actually just a fucking tank? You just think oh, he's yeah, like fat. He's, he's, he's like Herculean strength. Yeah. And he's much stronger than Spider Man. But he, yeah, but he wasn't a good power set. So even just bringing in Doctor Octavius, and then they brought in the Prowler, they brought in Scorpion, and uh, Green Goblin. Able to, the Green Goblin. They were able to have the Green Goblin, who they made kind of a Hulk. Yeah, what you make of that? Uh, you know what? I, I I just forgive this film everything. Obviously, the Green Goblin was more of a Jekyll Hyde Goblin. Yeah, as in they like made a... him into a monster as opposed to just like enhanced his physical attributes. Yeah, I've never into a monster. Never seen that iteration of the Goblin like that before. Is that a thing that happens I, in the comics? Not that I've seen, but that's not to say ever, but because there's been a Hobgoblin and Green Goblin and there's been different iterations of them and even different universes and stuff. And there was even that other guy who has a pumpkin for a head. But um, but never, no, I, I hadn't seen it personally. 
And do you think that's just the case of it being set in an alternate world? Yeah, this, just make just it. have fun with it. Exactly, they've just said, "Well, I want to, I want to introduce the original Peter Parker fighting somebody strong. I want to show how well he can adapt to his environment, how agile he is, and the best way to do that is have him up against like a, a rhino or or maybe a giant goblin. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. They just did. This film was definitely just. They just threw shit at the wall, and when they decided on it, they said, we'll make this into magic. Yeah. And they did. Um, and the thing about it as well, when you have it set in an alternate universe, you do have carte blanche, you know what I mean? Like, you can just yeah, literally do... Yeah, 100%. You can do what the fuck you want. And the thing is, if you don't make it different enough, people are going to be just like, oh, what's the point? You know what I mean? What's the point? Yeah. Yeah. And, like, do you, do you like the way, like, what's in the scorpion? He was kind of, like, half man, half scorpion or some shit. Yeah, that's it. Or he was kind of like, yeah, he just had... It's like biomechanical body. Maybe Yeah, like, biomechanical body. He had six legs and all that jazz. Yeah, maybe he'd been like, you know, he had his legs cut off or some shit. And... Or, or there was, he had his legs in there. I don't know. Like They, they never explained. And they never had to. Yeah. Everything with this film comes at you so fast. It's just, it's the most like you would eat an entire bag of popcorn for them. In yeah. the cinema. You know what I mean? Like you literally just would forget that you have the popcorn and you would just keep devouring it. Until you're just clawing at the bottom of salt. <laughs> that fucking like truck. clockwork. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone's listening, you can hear the ambience of my hometown. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, yeah, what did you make of like this is Deader's time for Spider-Man to show his strength? We always talk about the drugs gallery around the last episode of Spider Family. Might as well talk about some more. Like you get to see a new iteration of Goblin, you find you get to see Scorpion. Like an updated version of Scorpion, you got to see Kingpin, who Octavius, yeah, um, Olivia Octavius. What do you think of the different iterations of the characters we got to see? I know you touched upon Scorpion oh, I, and Goblin. Yeah, I have fun with it. Like I, I would make this film and say, you know what, like this, this might be just a one-stop shop. This is an alternate universe. Like, let's keep it in the Spider-Man vein, but let's have fun with it. Like, and and they just did, and that, and they made it fun. So yeah. they had fun with the characters and they made the characters fun. I don't fault them for any of it. And I've seen Scorpion. I've seen the cartoons and I've read the comics. Yeah. <laughs> when you yeah, see that green not? suit. Yeah, like why not? Yeah, this green suit. <laughs> with yeah. the big tail. It's uh, a, isn't this a, like the clearest case of leaning into your medium instead of trying to like avoid the... the exactly. You know I mean? you know, there's some people like, let's make this cartoon as realistic as possible. I think they were like, let's make this real world as cartoonish as possible. Exactly. Peter Parker says goodbye to, to Miles by handing him a giant wood mallet saying it fits in your pocket <laughs> you know? remember he's like, like remember he's like uh, that's all folks uh, can you say that like I mean legally, legally. yeah, yeah. <laughs> was that Patton was that Patton Oswald that did Peter Parker no I think it was Mulaney John Mulaney was it yeah I'll check the cheat sheet here just to make sure um, I think you're right um yeah i think yeah john but there did you not get credited motherfucker um peter parker no he's not on the list of yeah i think you're right though john Mul- Mul- well, no, there he is I see him. he's under he's under zoe kravitz who did the voice of mary jane um uh is that the same zoe kravitz that's gonna go play Catwoman? Catwoman. yeah oh, that's she's not cool, doing actually. bad for herself well done, Joey Kravitz. Zoe Kravitz, a color Joey yeah. Kravitz. Like started started from the top, and now she's here. Yeah, <laughs> like her her father's like Lenny Kravitz and Lisa Bonet or something, isn't it? I yeah, that, that's Lisa Bonet. so. And Jason Momoa's her stepdad. Yeah. Oh my god, that's such a pretty family. 
Like seriously, like I think yeah, no, it's, are, an, it's it's an attractive family. Yeah, some like way around Lisa Bonet, Bonet makes such beautiful children that like, would it be wrong for me to say that we should like have her have lots of children? <laughs> you, know? I, I, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna controversially say that's probably not our call. Yeah, is that not my call? <laughs> Looking in the back, um, <laughs> someone's telling me to stop this line of questioning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, no, we should just be grateful of what she's given us. Yeah, um, but um. Yeah, but, but what, uh, what I was going to say... I just want to touch on how great I thought Peter Parker was in this as well. Like, Miles was excellent, but Peter Parker's voice... Jake Johnson. Just, Jake Johnson just did such a, a great job of it. He just brought so much comedy to the, to the role. <laughs> he had a little bit of, you know, kind of likability to him as well. He, he, he had everything that you'd want from Spider-Man. The, the, the repartee, the wit, the kind of the serious kind of aspect when he needed to be. Man, and, the, uh, cast this, the cast of this movie is ridiculous. Just looking at it, like Nicholas Cage, Hilly Steinfeld, Mahershala Ali, Brian Tree Henry, like Jake Johnson, Shami Man, the fucking hell is stacked. That's the best thing about animation, though. You, I was going to say you'd never get that cast, but Marvel, <laughs> Marvel, like, oh, you want us to get cast? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? No, yeah. <laughs> we'll put a cast together. <laughs> we'll have 15 actors, <laughs> all A <laughs> listers. <laughs> Well, Chris Pine did Peter Parker, so I guess Chris Pine was original Peter Parker that died. Oh, was it? Yeah, like that it looks like it. Yeah, so that's interesting. I know, I know the men him a little different. He had like a set of blonde hair. He had brown hair, and he was a little bit older and stuff. But that's interesting. Yeah, Catherine Hand did Doc Hawk, the uh, uh, same person that played Agnes Hark uh, Agatha Harkness in One Division. Lee Schreiber, Wilson Fisk. Fucking hell, this cast is stacked. But um, yeah, no, it's a great cast. And it felt it. It just felt like a really, really, really bad film. A really mad film. Yeah, <laughs> really well made film. I know. I just, I, I said, <laughs> I said what I said. But like to get back to your point, sorry, I got distracted by looking. I was looking at the cheat sheet and like all these fucking names that are popping off to me. But I'll get back to your point about Peter B. Parker. Um, what did you make of the scene where they break in to get the the goober, <laughs> and uh, in in Doctor Octavia's uh, uh, sorry, Doctor Octavius is her facility. You yeah. find out that Liv Octavius, uh, um, Liv Octavius, Octavius is her surname? Um, yeah, it is Octavius, yeah, of course Octav it is. Yeah, because she's his daughter, isn't she? Yeah, her niece, I can't remember what she said when she, when she introduced herself. What but, you make of the scene though, because like, <laughs> do you remember with uh, Peter B. Parker? Uh, uh, he's like, here's the code, no, right? <laughs> and he doesn't even give him a chance to write it down. And yeah. he's like, he did this, he did this, he did this, he did this. And he's just like, let me get a pen or something. But even just like, you know, Miles tries to sneak in as well, but he hasn't quite figured out how to let go yeah. of things, Spider Man style. <laughs> like, brings a whole roof down with him. And that's when he starts doing the song again. Min, min, him, min, yeah. <laughs> it was written by some funny people. Yeah, uh, it was written by some funny people. I loved though when he's like, um, you're, he's like, he's going to turn on the charm and he's distracting your one, and then Miles is trying to type in the code and he can't remember like most of it. So he's like, I'm just going to take the whole thing, <laughs> and he goes invisible. And he's like carrying out the computer, the yeah. like he even brings the monitor for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> good news is we don't need the monitor <laughs> oh, oh god so fucking good and then the chase like before we get to the chase because i was just gonna say do you remember they're, they're leaving he's like uh plan b and i'm gonna get myself a bagel <laughs> <laughs> and just like start walking out oh uh, yeah where they wanted to casually walk out even though they're both spider-man 
Yeah. And they, they, they just kind of strolled. <laughs> God, is there anything about this film I didn't like? Because I'm actually struggling here. Um, Do you want to critique? But I just loved everything. Uh, yeah, the final showdown, everything. Constructive criticism, not unnecessary criticism. Yeah, well, that, actually, that's exactly it. And that's where that's where I come short, you know? Yeah, like, um, it's definitely like a 9 or 10 out of 10 movie. There's no doubt about it. I don't care what anyone yeah. says. Like, yeah. like, the next sequence, like, after that fucking hilarity, like, you get the chase sequence, or I think is one of the best action sequences in a Spider-Man movie. Is oh, where yeah. They it's where like, Gwen's introduced, and there's yeah, just... Spider-Gwen. Uh, it's where Miles learns to um, flip and uh drag himself along um spider-man style and yeah and it's got a doc Ock absolutely tearing like ju just as maneuverable if not more in a way yeah able to springboard from stuff because she has the awesome power of the tentacle tears a tree in half she like becomes upright half she becomes deforestation in, in manifest. yeah, she does, yeah. <laughs> and uh it was great because you know I, I love when they do that and that's a very pixar dreamworks kind of move is that the the, the, the you know the frumpy little harmless um petite character is an absolute powerhouse yeah, a man, the ability of our hands or the tentacles, sorry, um, like one of them, as you said, so like, where I think doesn't someone like fling something out, like a like is it a tree or a log? Yeah, and she just grabs it and tears it in half. Yeah, like, and, and like, she and she what she saws through the tree upright, is it? We're like, yeah. What did you make of the? Because like I, I, we finally get to compare, because like Spider Man, there's lots so many different villains. But what did you make of? I know it's animation live action. But what did you make of this iteration compared to Alfred Molina's in terms of the action setting? Because like the acting is completely different. You know, once yeah, comedy, once more drama. Oh, I just yeah. Well, it's actually one is a lot more drama. I, I I honestly, it's you can't really if you accept that it's animation. And and put them on the same part, same sort of level. Then there's no comparison because they were able to do unimaginable stuff. Yeah. Even in 2021, let alone 2004. Yeah. And 2004 was at least 40 years ago in terms of how quick things have moved since. Yeah. Good it's point. not. Good it's, point. You know what I mean? Like what did? Yeah. Like I mean, I had Spider-Man Two on the PlayStation Two, and I have the new Miles Morales game I got today. Oh, fancy. And I can. I, and I can tell you they're different you know everything <laughs> moves very fast in that world so this was just there was no no limit to what they could do to her do with her and there's no comparison but that's not a slight at, at um, Melina because he was brilliant yeah like like so like, you, you just mean pretty much like it's not only in terms of the clear advantage the medium itself has in terms of what exactly it it's 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 got all the advantages in terms of exactly like technology, it just does. everything yeah it just it's does. Good, like, it's and, it, and sometimes i'm watching an animation and i'm thinking because i'm an anime guy and all that kind of stuff as well and i think god i'd love to see a really good live action adaption of this yeah wait till um, the witchowski's come around they live, live adapt stuff yeah. and pretend it's their own and, the, and, and but some but when i was watching this i honestly I didn't want <laughs> Uh, I honestly didn't want a live action of it. I wanted another animation. I just loved it. I just loved the medium. I loved the execution. I had never seen anything quite like it. Yeah, what you make of the animation style? That's the thing. The animation style was so fluid and three-dimensional. Yeah. Like, it was almost like they, they had a lot of fun with camera angles. Like Sometimes we'd be, like, we'd be walking, we'd be right down by Miles' feet as he's walking to school, and then we'd pan around the front and kind of go up and then we might even go over him so you could just see all of the kids that he's interacting and mingling with on his way in and it was just like i could just imagine some director or director of photography like god think of god i'm a genius and some anim actual animator thinking i hate this man <laughs> <laughs> 
I hate everything about him. But it's definitely the clearest case of like leaving nothing for the sequel, if you know oh, what I mean. Oh yeah, like, and you know, you never ever should. Yes, yeah. I know that's kind of. Oh no, you're 100 percent right. And you should never stack a thing either. I don't. But the I don't sequel's see, never guaranteed. Like yeah, because I don't want. Like I mean, I don't didn't need to see ever see a Batman where they go right and do it Arkham Asylum style, where it's the Joker at the end, but he fights, you know, Scarecrow, blah blah blah, and every, Penguin, everyone to get there. I like the fact that they that you know. Make your film as good as it can be, but don't don't say no no no. Save that, save that, save that ever. And they didn't. They saved nothing. And if you want to make a better one, well then you're going to have to have some creative writing. My guess would be that Miles ends up going to one of their universes. Oh, oh right. Do you think he'll go to Peter B. Parker's universe, or maybe go after? Gwen? I'm thinking so, because like the fact of the matter is, they're uh, they what they did, the, the whole concept to bring them all back together in Miles's universe. I I just think it would, it would be cheap. Did you did you watch the cutscene after I found it? Yes, of course. Oh I did. man, that fucking cutscene! It's like I don't know. It's like Nuevo, uh, Nuevo York, and and then it's like uh, who who is that? Spider Scarlet or Scarlet Spider? Scarlet Spider, yeah, yeah. And it kind of has the hoodie kind of. Uh, what did you think of the way it ends with the meme? Refresh my memory. Uh, pretty much. Uh, uh, the cut sequence, uh, I, I, I literally, like, if anybody hasn't seen this cut sequence yet, you're not alone. I only found it the last time I watched Spider-Verse. Yeah, you know it. what? Oh, there's always a cut scene is what I'm learning. Yeah, you yeah. know, like, it's not, it's not just I'm so used Marvel. to the mid-credit cut scenes now that sometimes I don't wait for the end cut scenes, and that's yeah. my bad, right? But pretty much it's uh, Scarlet Spider and his assistant. He puts on this, like, it's it's like um the same, uh, not the machine that... Kingpin and Doctor Otto Octavius was, or sorry, um, Olivia Octavius was creating to uh, travel through time warps and stuff. He has like a portable version of this, and he puts it on. And she, he was like, uh, "You going to test it out?" He's like, I, "I think he says something along the lines of be the first one to do it." And she was like, "Or the last." And um, he hits the button, and he goes, "No, she goes, where are you going to go?" And he goes, "Back to the beginning." And he hits the button, he goes to like Earth 67. And it's like the old 1960s style animation of Spider-Man, you know, from that meme where it's like three Spider-Man pointing at each other. Yeah. And, yeah, and he goes into that and it's like that meme where him and Spider-Man are just pointing at each other and the two cops there are like, oh man, I don't know how I didn't fucking see that until now, but I nearly cried laughing. I watched it like three times. Like it's so fucking good. And that's it. This, this, this like they just did that because they wanted to. You know what I mean? It didn't like forward the agenda at all, or you know, it didn't hint at anything. Well, now it's por- portable though, as well. That's yeah, actually, movie. they did show yeah. it's portable, didn't they? Yeah. So and even that's... though it was like bringing the story forward, but also having shits and giggles and saying. Yeah, thing. I remember there was there was a Spider-Man <laughs> comic a while ago where, you know, like it, there was they were being hunted. Spider-Man were being hunted, and partially because they messed with the, uh, with the kind of timelines and the dimensional fabric yeah yeah i actually think it's it's future spider-man as well sorry i think it's probably spider-man 2099 oh from that cartoon yeah yeah oh that's such a good cartoon i can i could never ever watch it because or read it because instead of fuck or shit or any of that they say shock (laughs) and that had become the and he'd be like no shocking way (laughs) why would they curse him no, they wouldn't. It's just like, you know, like obviously the vernacular would be have changed, yeah. you know, eight, like what, 70, 79 oh, so years. So it's kind of like frack in uh, Battlestar Galactica. It's exactly like frack. Yeah. No freaking way. I thought that was genius because you can have loads of cursing then and it sounds enough. For yeah, like it. yeah, exactly. You know, I mean? like, like it's still, you know, you can still use it in the exact same way. 
but you don't have to you know what I mean it, it doesn't affect your ratings whatsoever like which is, you know what I mean super clever but uh, what do you make of the different designs of the Spider-Man suits in this like the when he finally brings the goober to Aunt May who kind of operates like a like an Alfred in this like Alfred Pennyworth from Batman in a big way yeah I thought that was a really cool take on Aunt May what do you make yeah, of that yeah oh yeah well I think like I think we are moving very very swiftly away from the docile kind of Aunt May because the first Aunt May iteration was like a, an old lady that you know was good to Peter and kind and she gave him sage advice but she herself was a fragile enough woman you know weak sauce yeah and then we kind of got an upgrade with um Sally Fields where she was a more independent woman at the very least and more straight and stern when she needed to be uh, excellently played actually I did. they didn't do a terrible lot with her but Sally Fields was excellent in the role and now we have a kind of a young just like 40 early 40s kind of um, Tom Holland's Aunt May and she's just she's yeah, just Mercer Tomei Mercer Tomei and she's just oh, just a woman who lives with her nephew because she's taking care of him there's no there's no like feebleness to yeah. her whatsoever and she's... a world class actor world class yeah. Like, if anyone's ever seen my cousin Vinny, fucking hell. Oh my my biological clock is ticking, Vinny. <laughs> <laughs> fucking love that movie. If anybody hasn't seen my cousin Vinny, I just, just, what are you doing? Yeah, tonight? just go watch it. Like, seriously. Just go watch my cousin Vinny. <laughs> Turn this show off right now. <laughs> yeah. Don't. In please don't. <laughs> one hour's time. Yeah. <laughs> or just let us play in the background so you can download. We're all but, about the analytics here, people. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we've gotten off topic. Back to my, my cousin Vinny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so the court scene. <laughs> I, I love the way Joe Pesci fought again. So <laughs> <laughs> He's like, right, Ralph Macchio. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Actually, right. was a great. Place, so, for so. the next hour, we're going to be focused on my cousin Vinny. This is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Vinny. Welcome, fans. welcome, welcome. We're back <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the first episode. <laughs> now I think we have to do my cousin Vinny. I, yeah. think we, I think we've boxed ourselves in. Yeah, we'll figure, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll figure we'll slide, it out. We'll yeah. slide it on in there. We'll slide it on in there. <laughs> Dirty. Don't, don't know what to do with that. But uh, yeah, what else is there to explore about this? I mean, we, look, you have it has a start, middle, and an end, as every film does. Don't forget. We're, no, oh, yeah, we're on Aunt May. That's yeah, where it was. They gave her such a. All of a sudden, she was like the power behind the throne. Yeah. And you were just like, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I got a shed like this. <laughs> 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 Instead of all this, like, picture of Futon. <laughs> I fucking love that. Like, it's like uh, when you get lower down into it, and like, um, uh, what do you make of the spider suit? Oh, I, I loved it. And I, uh, you know, I played that game, the, the first Spider Man game. Is it on, good? I haven't played it yet, not to get too off topic. Not, not the Miles Morales one, which is which is great. I was talking about the other one, but they they, they lean heavily into the suits. You know, the, the different suits would have different kind of qualities to their tech. Even the suit from the game is in this. Uh, Gwen's standing over by it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, obviously you'd have more like stealth um, and actually, you know, kind of shock tech and all that kind of stuff. And uh, and I just thought, yeah, why not? Like, why not just go as expansive? And everything about every time I saw something like this, I just thought they are using their medium because they don't have to build a set. They don't have to do anything. They just have to animate it. 
It's very yeah. Batman-esque, that exactly. whole scene. Yeah, well. you, didn't, you didn't have to... Oh, hugely Batman-esque, obviously. Yeah. I mean, it literally... Like, I, I, if it's that big, it is a cave under your house. It's not a room. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I think he this this iteration of Spider-Man, because he's so mainstream, is like a millionaire. Like, you know what Actually, I mean? I think, yeah. Yeah, I think he kind of is, like, because he talks about all the merch, the TV shows, the cartoons, the comics. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, and obviously that gets funneled to Peter Parker somehow. Yeah, well, like, know, it's like the way I said to you before is like you don't want to be pretending to be Spider-Man's photographer. You want to be pretending to be his merchandise manager. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's how you get the fucking money from being Spider-Man. Like, you know, <laughs> that's it. Like, you know, I'd be Spider-Man. You jump out the window and, and you burst through the door, like close up your circle. Did I miss him? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm here to set up the middle. <laughs> so you have an order. 15 Spider-Man posters? Okay, I'm your guy. Yeah. I'm your guy. Peter Parker, I'm your guy. He's like a slick back fucking hair. Like, greed is good. Greed is good. Calm down, Michael Douglas. Did you see He's Family Guy there. do the joke where uh, Aquaman sends these two guys and then he goes like, uh, it's Peter, our friend, whatever, wasn't here to see this. Then Aquaman dips and he comes back up in casual wear and he goes, oh my God, you just missed Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Moore was the perfect choice for Aquaman. He actually was, wasn't yeah. he? Oh man, cool motherfucker. Yeah, that, that family's bleeding into the, the superhero universe because he's got uh, Catwoman's his daughter and he's Aquaman. Yeah, uh, and fucking... I would see, I'd watch Lisa Bonet in any superhero movie. Like, yeah. She's like, such a cool look. Like, um, she'd fucking slot into any superhero movie easily. Like, could you imagine if they maybe had, like, her as Catwoman's mother, even? Like, you know what I mean? Like, maybe she was silly. Like, the way I would have done you it. Know, and they look enough alike that you might <laughs> Cool wink a dink. Cool but uh, I know, uh, yeah. uh, I thought w- it would be cool if they had her as Selena Kyle and Zoe Kravitz was her daughter. And she was the new iteration of Catwoman because it would play against Ben Affleck's older Batman. But since, you know, she's not part of Ben Affleck's Batverse, whatever the fuck DC are doing over there, just fucking fuck. Like, I'm pretty sure at this stage that DC are picking their their narratives by, you know, seem like the, by the manatees, like in South Park. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, How Family Guy picked plot points. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, it's a Family Guy. Oh, yeah, it was, that, yeah. I thought it was South Park making fun of Family wars. Guy. Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you're right. Yeah, no. But that's this is what I'm talking about. You realize just how hard it is to make a really, really good superhero film, and somehow this meant really what was obviously a tremendously difficult job. It yeah. just felt easy. I know yeah. it wasn't, and I'm not trying to say it was. It clearly wasn't. Yeah. But it felt easy. Just it just felt like they, they it felt like the fly on the wall in an impossible world. It was just brilliant. It's not it's not what they say though when you look at true talent. Like they do something that's extremely difficult but make it so simplistic looking. Yes. You know what I mean? It's like when you look at it, it's like, oh I can make a cartoon. Yeah. Of course you can, buddies. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Like, like you know, Phil Lord just like putting his finger to your lips. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like fuck it. like uh, but, but what did you make of like because like, we kind of Cover most of it, and I want to talk about Miles Morales's transformation from Miles, Miles Morales into this new. The I'm not sure what world was he on. Um, Earth, so on my camera, I can check it up in a sec. But like into his world's iteration of the new Spider-Man, his cool suit. He finally goes back uh, to Aunt May and shit like that, and yeah, he comes they up. did it. They did it the right way, where they didn't rush it, and he had that. Because it's, it's like they give him, there's a great line, and it's this film's, I think, version of with great power comes great responsibility. Because that was such a well established line. Um, it's a leap of faith, Miles. At the end of the day, that's all it is. 
Yeah, and that's Peter B. Parker. He's such he's he's Ben Parker in a lot of exactly. ways. Exactly. And when he runs back because he's been stalked by the Prowler, which is a totally pervy name to give a guy, by the way. It just doesn't <laughs> work I, like. I heard that Donald Glover plays the Prowler in I think it was John who told me this. That, do you know the scene in Spider Man Homecoming where Donald Glover is trying to buy weapons yeah, I do, beneath yeah. the bridge? And I think he actually is on the phone and he says, I'll be home later, Miles. Or some shit. And that's a cool little thing because for a long time people wanted Donald Glover to play Miles Morales before he aged out of the role. He was, to and, be honest, he was already aged out of the role when he started being, you know. Touted for it. Yeah, totally for it. Because anything more than 22, 23, you've yeah. kind of aged out because that's, you know, that they, they can... And it's not, he, he could he could play younger like he did in Community because he played like a seventeen or eighteen year old. He community. did, yeah, yeah. No, no, he could, he could, yeah. Yeah, such a good actor too. Like if anyone hasn't seen Atlanta, check that shit. Ah, uh, don't worry. I don't think I don't think Donald Glover's needs us to fucking. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> come on, we gotta on. show some love for Baby Gambino. Yeah, oh, man. absolutely. Yeah. You know childish, I mean? guy, childish, Gambino. childish Gambino. Shit, fuck, fuck. You, you don't know your rap song. Try to do something good in this world. Yeah, I know. Punish for. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I'll give you the dead air. Dead air. Yeah, yeah, I feel it. I feel my mistake. I feel it in my bones. Uh, but um, yeah, so like, um, yeah. What I was going to say to you is like before we kind of start talking about the prowler and shit. But what did you make of the? Because uh, the wait for until like the third act. Right before the final action sequence, pretty much. What did you make of like his? Oh yeah, sorry, his transformation. That's where we the were. whole build, sorry. the sound, the song. Because yeah. the soundtrack again. Soundtrack's is excellent. Is I can't yeah. even like really dra- grab a song out of my head that was in it, but it always felt right, and it felt deeply personal to Miles. It was like Miles' soundtrack as opposed to the films, you know. Yeah, like that. It's like as if he's listening to it in his fucking MP3 player or something. And he's like in his ears. You could totally imagine that. Like if he's swinging around listening to his music. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? But he has them. Like he loses his. Um, it's is it after he loses his uncle? Was that the kind of the the, the maker? Yeah, because the, the yeah the powder gets shot when they follow him back to Aunt May's house. Yeah, and he realizes he's about to kill his own nephew. He just backs down and uh, Fisk, aka Kingpin, puts one on his back. Yeah, he gets him out of there, but the damage was done, and he he dies after they share some words, and uh, but then he just has that moment, and it's great because essentially he what he did have all of the capabilities. He had this the venom sting, whatever it was called. I think they called it the venom sting, and yeah. he had the invisibility, and uh, he was able to obviously he had this the, the Spider Man ability, but he just suddenly stopped giving a shit, and he knew he had a job to do, and that's when. And that's when he just kind of took on the mantle. It was just right. It was just being ready as opposed to being trained. Because it's not like it's not like becoming a heart surgeon or something where it's not a case of like a can-do attitude. It's uh, it's that you have to be ready and to put enough weight into what it's, went it's on around him. Like, he failed. Like a, he failed at least three or four times. He was. It's so, nearly like a will-do attitude. Isn't it? Yeah, actually, a will-do attitude is a good way of putting it. But he failed on every front. He was so far behind the other Spider-Men and women. Spider-People. S- Spider-People. Because, yeah, one of them was a cartoon. So one was one, yeah. um, one was an anthropomorphic pig. One was an, yeah, an anthropomorphic pig and a black and white noir dude. But he... Um, no need to get racial, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, f- he fell behind so many times that they literally strapped him to a chair. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he, it made no sense. Yeah, because he be, he became a liability after a while because he was so naive in how he was operating as Spider-Man or whatever. Yeah. It's like, isn't it, was it, is it, um, was it Peter B. Parker says something like you can't just put on the suit. It has to fit you or some shit. It's like, remember, because he's wearing, or no, is it, because uh, he's wearing like, or as you say, superheroes don't wear their own merch. Is that what he said? Yeah, well, he something said that earlier on, making fun of him because he, yeah, yeah, but doesn't he say something about the suit? Because that's why he changes his suit. Because he's wearing this like ill-fitting suit the whole way through the movie. I can't remember um, off the top of my head, but like, because that's what like when he goes and gets the suit from Aunt May, and then he does the fucking whole thing where he kind of rushes into the climax kind of thing. Like, but what you make of the, the Miles Morales suit? Because no, I'm I'm, obs- I'm obsessed with the different suits. Like, I love the way he uses like spray paint. Yeah. To the color. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I had a little bit of. And a little bit of flair was a little bit of attitude he put into it himself. I love the way he wears the Jordans as well. The Jordans. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking cool though. Always bugs me because I can imagine them being able to create some suction through gloves. But it always bugs me that they're able to do it through like deckers, you know, like steel toe boots. Yeah. You know, and I was like, that that's I'm sorry. I'm suspending my disbelief as much as I can here. But no. Do you think that could be just the case of that they, they can just drag themselves up by their hands? Yeah. And they're just using their feet like to just prop themselves up. Yeah, they're I guess like, so. But yeah, you'd... it's like you know when you crawl across the ground, you're propelling yourself mainly. And with obviously, your hands. with your abilities, your 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 disproportionate strength to your body weight is is you know it's easily able to take it. But he uh, to see he just jumps off the building. He does that really cool back jump. Yeah. And then just he's fallen to the ground and he just you know has his moment. He swings. And then literally swings into action. I suppose there's no other way to put it. Yeah, like, and this is where, yeah, what we didn't touch on is like everybody has to get back to their own reality because their cellular degradation is occurring rapidly. Because yeah. if you're in the wrong universe, you start like glitching and shit. Yeah, the crux and of this film is that Wilson Fisk built a machine that could look through different realities to bring back his wife and child who died in a car crash. They fled him in disgust. After finding out he's the kingpin, or he was awesome scene, awesome scene. I can actually now you think about four deaths, including one child, like in a in a film that was hilarious. Was that not enough child deaths? You know, come yeah, on, yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Like, do, like, go big or go home. But, it's like more a fantasy, more <laughs> a fantasy. <laughs> but he, uh, but that he ended up bringing the the Spider Man through because Spider Man was in the chamber when the machine was activated. Yeah. So it was a slightly noble, like in a way, at least an understandable kind of thing. It was like one division where somebody said to her, uh, if I could bring back my mother, I would. I know I would. As in, I can't yeah. say what you did was right, but if you had the ability to bring back loved ones, you just would. So uh, yeah. he was. Give you an opportunity to murder and bring him back down without any guilt. Yeah. Which... That's it. Yeah. So that was the, that was the crux you know, of it. So that was it. We were all thinking it. <laughs> so, <laughs> So that's how the spider people got dragged through, and that's why they wanted to get home and stop Wilson Fisk at the same time. Spider people, spider people. Yeah. We, and what are you gonna what are you gonna rhyme it with? What are you going to rhyme it with next? A diverse cast of characters, really great. <laughs> here, guy, here comes the spider people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what are you going to rhyme it with? <laughs> Roots the song. <laughs> But um, yeah, what, like what you make the, the final showdown between, um, you know, the cast of villains and shit like uh, Kingpin, Goblin, Scorpion against uh, the Spider Six, if you will. Uh, what you make of it? Oh God, it was everything, wasn't it? As in this film had so many really good action scenes that sometimes 
and sometimes a, a good action scene is just a good action scene like it's just the when one one character takes on another character in a small setting best example i could give of this actually is when neo fights uh agent smith at the end of the first matrix yeah that was a 50 Before times the wachowski started taking acid yeah the exactly yeah, I, said it. That I said it wachowskis that was i said it come at me 50 times the better speed racer speed <laughs> racer wachowskis <laughs> ruining my childhood um but that, that that was way better than the second one because it just had heart it was just a really great scene so it's not mm. always this it's not always the 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 height of it it's not the scale of it it's either a good scene or it's not but the end scene it was great because it just had everything on the line it, they were crunched for time they were fighting a kind of a, a, a kind of cast that could fight them on their own level it was colorful it was explosive it was fast it was dizzying almost um fucking love penny parker's spider droid or whatever i think is that what you call it earlier yeah i love that i love i love the best thing about alternate universes i just i just love this shit like because like like I know we touched on earlier, but to have like a Penny Parker, a girl from Japan, I think, and you have her. I love the way they changed the animation style and from what like like Peter Parker, like Spider Ham looked like, you know, come on, he looked like fucking what's his fucking face? Porky Pig and like they had the old Yeah, yeah, the old school Warner Brothers style animation or Hannibal Bear or whatever it was. And then you have like uh her, she was in like anime style. Oh big time Parker yeah. was. Yeah, and Spider Noir was in that old school uh, 1930s, 1950s kind of like noir detective yeah. style. And you know what I mean? I just love the different animation sides. Like, just like completely off topic, but is Miles Morales animated the same way in the game as he is in the movie? Because if not, that's so strange. Uh, no, actually, he's not. He's a slightly different looking kid. They could have, obviously, they could have, in my opinion, if I was Sony, I would have used the game to tell you what he's doing in between the movies. And then people would have been. But uh, I'm gonna to get to say it again. It would have behooved people to have gone oh. out and bought the game. Behooved, behooved word of day calendar people. Buy it. It's worth the money. It's worth the vocabulary. <laughs> it's all about rolling with the words here. Mm. Some Swiss words. <laughs> anyway, behooved back to the topic. Um. <laughs> he used it wrong. <laughs> <But I said> it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so do you think like they could have done that where they could have used the game? So. I think so. I think from I'm only playing the game a few minutes now, but uh, I think it's going to be, compared to that film, it's going to be quite grounded. You know, like... Yeah, so it's going to be locked in the world that the first Spider-Man game exactly. created. They're going to, like, going to still be like fantastical in a huge way, but it's going to be a lot more grounded. So I guess that's yeah. really all there is to say about that. Still, Jesus, it's still a lot of fun. Like, um... But no, I think unfortunately, I think uh, that that's a stand right now. That's a standalone film. It's not really like anything else. In it's not stylistically yeah. or visually or scope. I haven't really seen anything that I can compare it to. It, like it, it hints at things like Pixar and and superhero movies, but it it doesn't really it hints at it. it. It does. It's not exactly. It's cool that we're getting to see this now. Spider Verse in the multiverse. The whole multiverse thing, like Rick and Morty, are the ones who are taking the biggest advantage of it. But it's just Crisis on Infinite Earth, stuff like that. I'm just talking about in the sphere of superhero movies. You know what I mean? Like, like Rick and Morty, in its sense, is a kind of like a superhero type thing. Oh, a hundred percent. You could actually say that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's. uh, But like, I just mean like 
in the superhero sphere, it's cool that we're seeing this like expansion of not just a universe, but universes. Like that we're getting to see these multiverses, that we're getting to see the Spider-Verse, that we're getting to see Crisis on Infinite Earth. You know what I mean? Like that we're getting to see these crossover events that happen in the Arrowverse on CW, that we're getting to see Marvel branch out in probably with magic and multiverses and so on. Yeah, no, there's no end to the scenes now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, Michael Keaton's yeah, coming back the, as Batman. You know what I mean? Like, so like, yeah, we're having, sorry, yeah, I talked about, I forgot about Flashpoint yeah. Paradox. You know what I mean? Like, so just pretty much either we're going to see, um, I think Disney, or not Disney, sorry, I think DC did it. It was a new 52 where they restructured everything underneath one, under one timeline and then they're going to use that timeline going forward. I say that could happen with DC. I think it could be they might build to some sort of great event where everyone's involved and then they're going to start killing off people until Robert Pattinson's Batman. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, because they said that's set on Earth too. Like, uh, so, I loved it. I, mean? I, 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 I think see... like, it finally broke me. I'm so sick of like going online and seeing you know, I had like Tom Welling would love to play Superman opposite, you know, Robert Pattinson's um, Batman. And I was just like, why do you keep putting up articles? Like, person would love to be paid millions of dollars to be in yeah. huge franchise. <laughs> He's like, oh my God, scoop century. person would love their career to be revived on a massive scale with massive financial windfall. Yeah. It's like, hey, no, uh, stop the person. Uh, yeah, exactly. I got a scoop. Like, uh, I got a scoop. Tom Welling wants that. millions of yeah. dollars. <laughs> like, I don't care what Paltrow says with the word vagina in it. And just There's just certain things. <laughs> stop it. Just stop it. Yeah. Gwyneth Paltrow. She was actually pretty cool as pa 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 you know Terrence Howard, but we love you anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, you said before we started that you had a few questions for me. So before we go to the break, we do a quick fire round. Quick fire round. Bah, bah, bah. Come on, no. <laughs> Actually, I hadn't prepared any questions. I just wanted to, I guess, pick pick your brain a little bit. And I would just say, if there was um, one thing that delighted you the most about this film, what would you say it would have been? Um... Looking through the whole movie, I loved the animation style and I loved the way it was paired completely mm. with the soundtrack. Like the, everything about this movie just like flowed perfectly with the soundtrack and the way they did the animation, like the part where he became Spider-Man first and he got the spider sense and they did this thing where everything was sped up. Like, you know what I mean? He was like running into people, running into class and he didn't understand. He was every follow and that's where he met, uh, met Gwen and he gets stuck to her hair. I just love the way they did it. Like, yeah. I don't know the song. Like, I'm definitely going to download the soundtrack. Or it's actually the soundtrack. Downloaded legally, people. Legally. Yeah. From iTunes. Yeah, this guy does not sail the high seas. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. <laughs> <laughs> Yar. <laughs> Yar, we having a laugh with you. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I, I love the way the whole movie flowed. It's pacing. Like Spider-Man movies, like or Spider People, sorry, Spider People, but um, they seem even the bad ones seem to have a good flow apart from Spider-Man Three, um, and Venom. Did yeah. Venom seem to have yes. kind of adopted a similar approach? It's just um, sometimes it lacks on story, but it pace and you don't feel it. Um, uh, but this didn't. This didn't lack on story, so it was really like it had a shit ton of story, but you didn't feel it overwhelmed at any given time because. 
the way they piecemealed it to you like bit by bit by constantly moving on the story never dropping the pace constantly introducing new characters new villains new motives new narrative choices and it made the fucking first half of the movie like whoa half an hour 40 minutes gone oh my god all right cool and he's like already got introduced to all these two different spider people we see the villains are we tell this alternate world is different from the spider-man we know and i just fucking loved every single choice and i just loved the way the flow of the movie was completely paired with the soundtrack for the entirety of the movie but especially for the first half where miles was becoming spider-man it's just fucking awesome that's a f- <laughs> Okay, I think I'm done. I think that was just a big answer. So <laughs> I do. You know what? It's even think you, you, you try to like, usually what we do is we try to pair something positive against something negative. We try not to shit on a film unnecessarily. Yeah. Of course. Keep that for the second but, half. Keep that for a second. <laughs> but, there's all, but there's also just, obviously there is a lot. There's been a lot of, you know, missteps. Yeah. Uh, or certain things that happen age, but like, that's not necessarily a criticism. Tougher <laughs> Grace, for example. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh we, for we love you foreman we love you yeah we love not you, david duke like we didn't like that <laughs> we like the role but not the person <laughs> you know surprisingly the other way around for me no <laughs> no <laughs> well carl's giving me the signal we're going to <laughs> His magic of uh, cinema. And it's that concludes the last ever episode of... It's not even here. It's the magic. The magic of show business, people. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's, get, let's go to a quick break. And we'll be um, no, j- you... j- so before we go, are you, you happy that we've covered Spider-Verse fully before we fuck off? I do. I think when we come back, we'll touch upon... The different things, obviously, that we change and the best and the worst things about it, shit. Yeah, yeah. Good luck to us. Yeah, no. I, I, I think... Yeah, fuck it. Yeah. Um, we go to the break, so... Yeah. All right, cool. So, right, people, we'll see you after the break. This is Dark Side of the Moon, the final episode of the Spider Fan Family Hour. I'm your host, Vincent Green. He's your host, Shout Noel John. Uh, I'm also a host. <laughs> this fucking guy. It's why we don't let him do this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, we'll see you after the break. Now, a word from our sponsors. Spider-Man. 
And we're back from the break. This is Dark Side of the Moon. I'm your host, Vincent Green. He's your host, Noel John Tui. And this is the last episode of the Spider Fan Family Hour where we're focusing on the Sony produced Spider Man movies and the movies that lay adjacent to them. And the last time we're going to talk about this is now is Spider Verse. And this is where we go into our segment called What If, is where what we would do if we were in the director's chair and how we would have changed Spider Man or Spider Verse. And this one's going to be one of the harder ones because we fucking love this movie. So, Noel, because I'm a lousy bastard, I'm going to make you answer first. What would you have changed if you were in the director's chair instead of Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who I think directed this? I hope so, because I said it about seven times. Oh, my God. Um, God. like <laughs> I was actually wrong. <laughs> so. Bob, Bob Perchetti and Peter Ramsey directed the two boys wrote it. Actually, Phil Lord was only one of the directors. My bad. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, fellas. <laughs> But uh, honestly, I man, I don't know what I'd want to change. Maybe like like I said, uh, I was so enamored with like let's say Spider Noir or something like that because he was Luke uh, Nicholas Cage. Yeah, uh, finally uh, Nicholas Cage gets to play a superhero. Well, not finally, but you know because he played Ghost Rider twice for some reason. Um, but what did you make of him finally getting to step inside of one of the big trees? That's what I would have liked more of him because I just thought he was great. You know what I mean? Like, I just did, because he was such a funny, perfect for the part. They could have used him maybe a little bit more. But that's what, like, again, I, like I said earlier, the, the film only has a certain amount of minutes. You use him too much, though, does he lose that cool novelty? That's the thing. I Yeah, and I think I think that's true. I still think there could have been a little bit more. I do think the sweet spot could have been another few minutes. Um, but, like, again, this is me literally just sieving through mud looking for gold you, except you. you think it's a case of we're going to in- introduce a lot of characters see what the reaction is and then whoever's the most favoured that would give them more screen time in a sequel possibly so actually yeah because obviously you, you can't really get the proper feedback until it's just out with the masses hmm. it's um, like look at Guardians of the Galaxy Rocket and Groot their roles continuously expand as the movies go along and their like their inter or their appearances in the the Avengers movies, you know, Infinity War and Endgame, like they always play, like especially Rocket, because you know he's so popular that his roles are always very important as the movies went along. And I'm yeah. not saying he was an ancillary character in the Guardians, right? And it just he becomes such a pivotal character in the Guardians. You know what I mean? In the actual group itself, in the movies that they met, yeah. you know, because of popularity. Do you think it'll be a case of? Of course, because they've introduced, they've, they've touched entirely new ground, mm. entirely new ground. I wouldn't be shocked if in five years we see a. a um, uh, spider pig film just you know spider ham i just oh, yeah, won't be like, shocked or just... like uh, 10 minute shorts on netflix or some no, shit exactly yeah because we'll pr- watch them it would lean lean perfectly to that like where like marvel do a what if they'll do a spider verse shorts or some shit where you have uh, 10 minutes about spider noir 10 minutes about penny uh parker 10 minutes about peter porker you know what i mean 10 minutes about gwen stacy 10 minutes about yeah peter b parker and you could do these little shorts where you just keep their worlds ticking along without having to expend yourself too much narratively, like you know what I mean, or give away too much, like in terms of the, it's pretty much you could have them all in a battle in each of their episodes, and that's a way of introducing their villains for their single movies or for the next Spider Verse. Oh God, uh, just just the pun, the pun guy in me just wants it to be Spider Ham because then who would the villains be? <laughs> I'm not. I don't like Venom know. would probably be Salmonella. Uh, <laughs> do you think they'd go that route <laughs> but, um, no but everything you know what I mean like everything would have to be flipped on its head uh, yeah so like just yeah I'd be interested so like but again it's like I'm really really searching for a criticism here I just really like the characters and it was very much so the story of Miles Morales 
So and there's only so many minutes that the film can be. So I understand it. Yeah. And Miles Morales was an incredibly engaging character, and I liked him a lot. I just, you know, that I liked the zany characters, and they could have dived into them, and that would have been a bit of fun. But that's honestly, that's just the closest I can come to a criticism. I think it was I enjoyed a- it immensely. Yeah, I think it was a case of Miles Morales was the real strong foothold that the movie was yeah. centered around, and they were the comic relief. Wait, That's uh, it, because he had to be he had to be grounded for it to have yeah, any sort the, of grounding at all. Yeah, the meatier parts, um, if you want to call them sidekicks, went to Gwen Stacy and Peter B. Parker. Yeah, they were the ones that like developed and evolved his character yeah. throughout the movie. The two, yeah, of them. and they had a weight to them as well. But it was still the story of Miles. Uh yeah, exactly. And it needed yeah. to be, you know, as you said. And I, I just think it's... Right, I just thought, and, and, and I don't know, my favourite thing about this film, and just, I suppose, if you just had to zero in one thing, I'd probably hear your sentiment. I just loved the look, the the, the style of making these appear like comic book kind of words, uh, kind of, you know, a little popping up all over the screen. Um, just everything. It was so yeah. immersive. Yeah, advantage of the medium. It was advantage so Advantage of the immersive. medium, you know. Yes. It really had the look of comic yeah, book culture. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? So when you look at like if you were in the director's chair, the only thing you would have changed is that you would have given yeah, the uh, yeah, spider exactly. You had them interact maybe with Miles more even. So that <laughs> obviously you couldn't have dive too much into them. But if you shaved a minute off Peter Parker or Gwen, I and even just a minute or two and just giving that to other characters. You could have maybe fleshed them out a bit and maybe, you know, like brought their stock up a little bit. But like, I, or maybe not. I I could never make a film this good if I could give it all the resources in the world. I, I think it was a, I think it was a case of kind of like what you were saying is like focus on the grounded characters. Yeah. And then you won't really notice the really kind of cartoonish elements too, like the the girl that's in anime style and you have, you know, the guy that's like a detective fucking comic from the 30s and you have the guy that's like a fucking Looney Tunes cartoon from back in the day, you know what I mean? Like, and you don't even, you don't even notice it because when it came to it, the real narrative beats, the real strong points of the film, the real things that they had to lean on, their shoulders, with the shoulders that they were put on was Gwen Stacy, Peter B. Parker and Miles Morales and Miles' family, the father and then the uncle and stuff like that and then that way you can have a film with dramatic mm. undertones but still be absolutely hilarious exactly yeah you know it's kind of a case of the characters having to know their jobs or the, even the creators having to know the characters yeah. jobs themselves you know what i mean yeah that was it the, the, the more external characters were there for the ridiculousness of it and they juggled everyone really well but uh i know man it was a master class really wasn't it yeah, it's because like this kind of like, they use this the side characters to take it in turns to lighten the tone of the movie when it got a bit yeah. too dark or serious. Like when I look back at it, my only qualms really with this movie is because the Spider Man's such a deep rogues gallery. Even though it's a different iteration of the Green Goblin, I don't think we needed to see him again. Um, it's my only real qualms. But looking back over, like even though it looks totally different, he's cool, like Hulk esque as you said, or like a <laughs> I want to get this right, Doctor. Ooh. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde didn't say heckle and jide didn't say it <laughs> but um, you know I, I just yeah, I like the, the new iteration of it I thought it looked pretty cool um, new power set you kind of look gargoyle-esque or something like, you know that's it yeah they, 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 yeah. they leaned into the monster yeah, actual exactly. goblin kind of thing yeah um, um, I, I think we could have done without seeing him again I think the directors or the writers probably felt the same way we don't see him a lot in the movie um, the main villain of the film is really Scorpion, the prowler before he gets killed, spoiler alert. 
and in uh, Livia Octavius. It's, it's kind of like, but like once again, like even like, I think she's different enough to not seem repetitive because of the different strengths of the medium. So the action sequences look differently or something, you know, like I don't think even though she's Dr. Octavius as well, I don't think she's same-ish in the same sense that we've seen Green Goblin twice before. And like, even though the William Dafoe's portrayal of Green Goblin and Harry Osborn, I'm um, sorry, Norman Osborn is absolutely amazing. And it, like he brings a lot of layers and complexities to the character. I just think we've seen it enough. Yeah. I would have like, they could have done the exact same thing with a rhino. And we've barely seen Rhino. We got to see Paul Giamatti in like a fucking robotic Rhino suit for five minutes, if even. Right, Rhino. Yeah, Rhino was always like at, at best he's going to be a henchman or a plot. Yeah, that's all he was needed for. Like Green Goblin, uh, and that could have been Rhino in that. Um, only they made somebody kind of so literally huge. Like Rhino is not going to be twenty. Can be in this tall. universe. Yeah, you know what? Checkmate. You're absolutely you know right. He could be he could be just an average sized dude like Power Ranger yeah, in style the, in a giant animatronic like Paul um, rhino suit like yeah absolutely absolutely you're up you know what you're right yeah I I I um take back my objection yeah, no like so yeah but even even you you're doing the same you're you're putting under a microscope to find small flaws in it how of course airtight a film must it be. Not even flaws. It's just like a dislike because of opinion. And that's it. It's not even a flaw because it works perfectly well. I just think we yeah. have, you know what I mean? Like, so it's not even case I'm saying, oh, Goblin didn't suit that part, uh, blah, blah, blah. He was shit. The action sequences weren't cool. His power sets didn't match up with Spider-Man or even Miles Morales' iteration. It wasn't in the case of that. It's just a case of, we've seen Green Goblin. Nobody's going to do him better than William Dafoe. It's just the way it is. It's like the reason Alfred Millian has come back as Doc Ock is because nobody's going to do it better than him. It's just like, it's that scary. Like, nobody's going to do like Electro better than Jimmy Fox, even though Jimmy Fox, like, Sony were like, hey, let's put Jimmy Fox in the pattern, not use any of his potential or any yeah. of his talents or skills or gifts. It's kind of like, what not to do with Jamie Fox? And Marvel are going to teach you what to do with him. Yeah. But um, if that rumor is true, um, yeah, he's cast as Electro for the next Spider Man's while here. Him and Melina come back as Doc Ock. I just think like we've seen Green Goblin enough to say Rhino could have done that part. You know what I mean? Like, or we could have just like because I like the way they had Scorpion in this, even though it's completely different than what the Scorpion <laughs> gladly it looked like when I was growing up. But um, I just I like the cool. I love the way he was like speaking Spanish the whole time, and like the the way the subtitles came up on the screen it was like its own style of animation. It's, like nearly everybody had their own style of animation. Um, within this world, like all the, the the pivotal characters, like the villains and the superheroes, they all had like their own side of anim animation. I like the way Scorpion was used. And I think they leaned heavily on Scorpion, Prowler, Doctor Do uh, Doc Ock, the new iteration of Doc Ock, because I think they didn't want it to be too sameish. I just think if you take Green Goblin out there and you put Rhino in, I think it fits perfectly. Or maybe they're just keeping him for the sequel. I don't know, but um, I just think we've seen Green Goblin so often now. Or maybe they wanted us to see something that we already recognize and have it so different that we understand that this world is completely different. I can see that kind of thing as well. Mm. They're like, oh, you've seen Green Goblin before? Look at our Green Goblin. This world is so crazy and zany. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and it's the person falling as they're making that point. This world is yeah. so crazy and zany. It's like, yeah, like the late Alan Rickman is um, uh, Hans Gruber falling from Nakatomi Plaza. Yeah. Like, you know, or that dude in Robocop whose arms were huge. Did you see that? The end of the first Robocop, he shoots the guy uh, out the window. Dick, Dick, Dick you're fired. Close. And he fallen. And for some reason, uh, his arms are 10 feet long. 
yeah, it was it was insane. But uh, man, what what Paul Verhoeven does in movies, I'll forgive any discrepancy in arm length. Yeah, <laughs> you know what you I mean? Know what? That guy was a fucking beast at making some of the most crazy gore exploitative fucking action movies ever. Yeah, no, she's no arguments for me. Total Recall, Robocop, fucking hell, Starship Troopers. God, yeah, all great films. But yeah, no, this, anyway, to, to summarize, super film. Well, and, and, and everyone in the family can watch it. It touches upon death and stuff, but it doesn't wallow in it as a plot device. It kind of, it's there, but it's not yeah. what it's about. Yeah, and it's like, I think the best animations, even though they can be um, directed mostly towards kids and younger people, that they resonate to adults like me and you, like fully grown men, we enjoy this a completely different way, but equally the same way, in the same amount. That like, when you can look down at an experience, I could look down, I look at this movie with my kid and she'll enjoy it for completely different reasons than me. But at the same time, we both get the same amount of enjoyment out. Yeah. And that's what, why Pixar was so successful. They've done so many movies that like, I can enjoy Toy Story the same way as I did the first time I seen it today, but in a completely different way. I enjoyed the same amount, but in a completely different way. I get the jokes differently. I get the act, like the action or the motives of this narrative or the kind of messages they're trying to convey to you. I get that all differently. And like when you look at Spider-Verse, me and you as fully grown guy, men, you know, and complete nerds, and we can watch this and we can enjoy it for the fan service it provides. The action it provides, the narrative beats, it hits, the fucking soundtrack, the score, things we wouldn't have think of, thought of when we're younger people, but you look at it now, and all of those things satisfy us. And if I was like a 10-year-old kid, I'd be looking at them like, oh, cool, see Spider-Man, look at all the cool suits. And this kind of like invokes a lot of similar reactions, but in a different, like, it's a, they appreciate, like, kids themselves appreciate things differently than us. But as I said, in the same way, we get the same amount of enjoyment just from different things, you know, and that's what good animation does. Yeah, I actually 100% agree with that. Yeah, they, they're, they're learning. They're learning from mistakes. Yeah. Like, that's all we can say. Like, looking back, like, I know we started this back in December. Looking back through, I came to you and said, like, I have an idea for a podcast, whatever. We look at this. We were originally going to do it as a practice run. We had so much fun. We decided to let you all join in on it. And we, it, the movie started so strong. We've seen how the movie's aged. It's been cool seeing the progression of Sony. That even though they fell into the same pitfalls that Warner Brothers have fallen into time and time and time again, Russian expansion, that they've learned from their mistakes in the same way Warner Brothers might not have. And now they're slowly building. Look at Venom. Carnage wasn't even in the first movie. If that was them a few years ago, you would have Carnage, Rage. You would, they would have blown their whole symbiotic load all over yeah, the top. You know what I mean? That's the thing. Absolutely like, right. And, yeah. and I think Amy Pascal's behind a lot of this, as far as I know, but. She seems to have a real love and appreciation and understanding that Kevin Feige also has an extreme love and appreciation. And they're not only taking their cues from the MCU, but they're understanding now that people want to see gradual progression. People want to earn the big payoffs, the big reveals, the big stories. And there's no, because it's the golden age of television. I think I've said this before, but we love long form storytelling and not lends itself better to long form storytelling than comic books. It's always been the case. Look at the MCU, it's the strength, it leans on the strengths of its source material, and that's why you get such a strong expanded universe. Now, Sony, we see over the course of many films, and they've made some mistakes, Spider-Man 3, Amazing Spider-Man 2, but now they're building, they're learning, they're growing progressively, they're adding new characters, they're not being afraid to be ambitious with their content, their narrative choices, and bringing people on that you might not think would make a good Spider-Man movie, but they do. 
they're allowing Marvel to do their thing with Tom Holland's Peter Parker at the same time building their own Spider-Man adjacent universe with Tom Hardy probably Venom Eddie Brock going to be at the center of it and I think it's clever and they keep making more and more clever choices and I think like the future is definitely bright for the Sony man Sony man <laughs> Sony produced Spider-Man movies or the Spider-Man adjacent movies like the Mor Morbius movie or I think it was Black Cats or something like that as well. That was a uh, movie at one point. I'm not sure where that's gone. Like, but I just think they're progressing. They're learning from their mistakes. And unfortunately, DC seems to be learning slower from their mistakes, which is kind of strange because Jeff Johns is kind of at the head of that. He had so much success with the CW and the Arrowverse that it's strange to see them keep making the mistakes. But I like to see Sony learning. And I think the fact that we got to see these movies so close together over the past few months that it's clear to see that they're learning. How do you feel about their progression through the movies and shit? Oh, yeah. Well, I do. I Like, I think we're doing well with Spider-Man 3 being the big blemish where the studio tried to jam-pack it and it, instead of doing one or two things, seven things wrong. Um, and then they were... They kind of redeemed themselves with Garfield's first Spider-Man and then they decided that they wanted to make a toy commercial. And it was yeah. just awful. And not as bad as Spider-Man 3, but the, the, besides that. And I include... They killed the franchise twice. They killed twice. the franchise twice. Um, but this time, they obviously out and they wanted to make a fun film. And it just worked. Now, I don't know whether it was just the luck of getting the right people or whether they really put their 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 wheel, their shoulder to the wheel and did the work and the research. But this this was a triumph. Um, This is my favourite Spider-Man film, I'm, I'm going to say it. And Holland has had two good outings, um, and there's been what's so a three and two and two. There's 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 now been eight um, Spider-Man, sorry, seven Spider-Man films, and this been the eight, and it's by, by far for me the best. By far in a home, this fourth Spider-Man movie. <laughs> That's what it'll be called. They're gonna put home in there for every single one of them. Um, but yeah, um, so no, like. So the only thing you would change when you look back is, like you touched on, you would have fleshed out some of the side characters a bit more. For me, it would have been, I would have liked to see maybe a different villain in place of Green Goblin. Um, but like, as you said, we're putting on our microscope. It's a fucking joyous movie. It's like from start to finish, whoever was involved in this movie should be commended for what they've done. How they've like conveyed their story, the stylistic choices they made in terms of the soundtrack and just the animation, the aesthetics, the suits, everything, the little changes. Um, I think it's an, an excellent movie. Uh, it's up there definitely as one of the best Spider-Man movies, if not the best Spider-Man movie. I like to sit on the fence in this kind of shit. Um, <laughs> well, you know what? You can sit on the fence, but if anybody said that, uh, it was yeah. ridiculous that you thought this was your favourite Spider-Man movie. Oh, no. Movie. Like, you'd, you'd want it's to a nine out, 9 out of 10 you know movie, I mean? like, and I'm not sure any of the other Spider-Man movies are. So, numbers don't, yeah, I exactly. used to say. But, um, yeah, yeah, so like for me, I think it's an absolute fucking uh, triumphant filmmaking. It's an excellent movie, and um, I think they can absolutely be completely proud of it. Like, and the, the fact that we pick such small things, and we are two people like to bitch and moan a bit about movies, that we picked two small things of what we would have changed, I think just shows how strong the film is from pillar to post. So, Noel, before we get the fuck out here, we go on to our last segment, the best and worst. So, I always throw it to you. So, what is the best for you from the Spider-Verse, uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse experience before you tell us what your worst is? Oh... Well, I suppose to say what the best was and to not kind of traipse back over ground, I would say the engagement, just how I felt everything that was going on. The immersion. Whatever the, yeah, the immersion was so deep in this film that 
the, the, and the tempo was so on on point that I just felt everything exactly as I think they were hoping I would feel it. Yeah, yeah, they're like pretty much every beat hit where it's supposed to like. Exactly, yeah, every beat, and I can't stress that enough. And uh, so they managed to deal with loss and death and triumph and failures and picking yourself back up again and all that jazz. Uh, and it was throwing a lot at you. Like, this is an assault on the senses. Yeah. Would you say... I, but it, it never, never lost me. It never lost me. Would you say it's the truest interpretation of a modernistic superhero origin movie out there right now? Yes. As crazy as that sounds. That poor kid was literally just a kid trying to figure shit out. That's that's all he was. Even like, And it's great. He showed down with, uh, with Kingpin. It was just so brilliant because... He, he has confidence in his powers, so he just puts his hands on Kingpin's uh, shoulder and gives him the, hey, yeah. and his uncle Tom. Yeah, shoulder just, touch. Yeah, hey. <laughs> <laughs> and just blasts him out, and it's just like, yes. It was so, it was such a beautiful, like sometimes a crescendo or something be like the, the, the you know, the, the, the guitar solo and the fireworks on stage and all. Sometimes it's just something that makes you go, yes. Yeah. Yes. Beautiful call yes. back at the right moment. Exactly, yeah. And that's what that was. So I just, I don't know, the immersion is definitely the best. And to jump straight into the worst, again, with the, to not say anything I haven't said, um, is that it was only 95 minutes long. Is that all it is? Fucking hell, flies by. Yeah, I think that's a, yeah. It should have, they got, oh my God, it should have gone big. Well, I mean, they could have thrown another 20 minutes onto it. You wouldn't have known it. You yeah, wouldn't have known I, anything I just, about it. I think you have to keep it slightly shorter if you can want to bring in all demographics sometimes in terms of animation. Yeah, and unfortunately, attention spans are a thing. But you know what? I guess Sorry, I'm talking about... Sorry, what was about... that? Hey! <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, you know what? I suppose, to be selfish, I'm talking about my film. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm talking about the film I wanted. Uh, so I think it could have been maybe 15 minutes longer. 110, 120 minutes is not unheard of these days by any stretch of the imagination when you're getting like a two and a half hour end game yeah like a two and a half hour end game or three a, hours is a, it? a three hour um batman yeah um, four, lord of the rings four, the four hour justice league four hour justice league yeah. lord of the rings a three hour a piece trilogy this leans to what i said i mentioned a few minutes ago we absolutely fucking just hunger for long form storytelling we yeah. don't gone out of, like bought, it's just that people get the pacing wrong if the film's too long, I yeah. find. But when it's done right, it's perfect. Yeah. Like and I think like Justice League for a four hour movie has to be commended on its pacing. Like it moves along so nicely. I think the chapter sequences were a bit unnecessary. It's like, yeah, get it, we get it, we get it, yeah. we get it. It was supposed to be six parts, we get it. Like just <laughs> edit them out. You have it. Splice it, bitches. Splice it. Come on. Jesus <laughs> Christ, you gave me an extra 20 million to make this fucking thing or whatever it was. You know what I mean? Well, what is this, a book? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't want to read. <laughs> yeah. By the way, buy my book. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, but like, uh, at my best of the Spider-Man, ex- uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse experience, that's a mouthful. But um, I'll receive it willingly. But um, <laughs> uh, like, my best looking through it is... Hmm, I'd have to say, like, the action sequences are fucking insane. Like, the one in the woods was unreal. The the climax. Yeah, it was a great scene. Like, it's, I think, if... The house fight, that fight in that maze house. Brilliant. Yeah, exactly. I mean, then we get the dramatic payoff as well at the end of it with the Prowler, you know, finding out that Spider-Man is... Uh, yeah. Miles Morales is Spider-Man and vice versa. Miles Morales finding out that his uncle is the Prowler, like, you know. And, um... Excuse me. <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. Um, So... 
Yeah, when I look through like the action sequences and the way they were put together and the pacing of the movie, like I touched on earlier, but I don't want to be repetitive like you were saying. The 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 way the the action was paired with the soundtrack, I know I kind of touched on soundtrack earlier, was absolutely incredible, and the way they used the soundtrack to move the movie along. But like, I, I love the the different uh, different iterations of Spider Man, the, the Spider People. Uh, Spider Ham and all that. I love Nick Nicholas Cage was brilliant. John Mulaney was hilarious. Spider Ham. Um, I don't know. I'll check who played Penny Parker in a sec. But um, uh, I loved the uh, Spider Suit, and it did actually remind me of was a Spider Man twenty ninety nine that you mentioned earlier, the futuristic Spider Man twenty ninety nine. Yeah, yeah right. and like the likes of like Batman Beyond or something. I love like what what would Spider Man look like in a hundred years, or what would Spider Man look like in two hundred years? Does the moniker remain? If it remains, what iteration has it taken on? Who's taken on the the mantle? Who who like and what country is it in? Like I think she's from Tokyo or something like that. Like you know, and it's like I I just like the way in different worlds and different realities we get to see these different iterations. Spider Man, I love the spider suit. The room is like I know we touched on earlier, like Batman esque or Iron Man esque. We had uh, the suit for every occasion because he's a genius. Eventually, he would figure out that he needs to modify and evolve his hardware to fight these villains in, in their own way or maybe to use the suits to counteract their strengths to nullify them and stuff like that and I, I love when Spider-Man or Peter Parker's uh, genius is fed up and it, they really did that with um in this one we had like the spider cave or the spider bunker or whatever you want to call it spider's web I guess hilarious um well like I just love that the, ex the way they expanded the characters and the way they used the action sequences to uh to fully um, access the potential, for lack of a better term, of each character in different ways. The spider droid, you know, spider noir, spider ham, and like playing on comedy and pairing it with action. But also, we got to see what each of the spider people can do in their own right. Like Spider Gwen, like in how she used her powers and how Miles Morales' powers different from theirs. And how the way they implemented them all differently and shit like that, which all fell in line with their animation style. And just all those different things paired together. Like, I know it's like five different things, but like that's how good this movie is. But that's mm -hmm. my best about Spider-Man. Pretty much the way they implemented and seamlessly paired and, you know, intrinsically linked all these different pieces of the movie to make this like great really fucking pacey hip fast story uh even though it always moves at breakneck speed you never feel left behind by it and it hits all the dramatic beats and the comedy beats all the way along so pretty much my best to put it is the whole thing <laughs> yeah, yeah pretty much yeah, to make a long answer short to quote my father <laughs> yeah pretty much so. <laughs> yeah so like the action and the expansion of the spider-verse that we know and love is pretty much my my answer to to pick one of two things you know um okay and what's the worst so the worst i would say would be not to say green goblin again because that's the thing i would have changed well, maybe... It's a small thing as well. Yeah, you know, so pr pretty much my worst would be... Although I went small as well. Yeah, um... Fuck, uh... Jesus, it's actually... See? This a, is... But this... But this a solid like, movie. Um, it's, that's the thing. Dead Air is usually the absolute enemy, but there's nothing wrong with being yeah. given a great product and told to shit on it, and you're gone. Hmm. You know? Yeah. <laughs> that, that, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to give me a fucking second here. Like, yeah, what? um... Yeah, like, literally... Fuck, uh... This answer is nearly so hard to say that it's like that you nearly should I should have prepared it in ahead of time, but like because I knew this part was going to be tricky. Um, but um, maybe I would have liked to see more of the Prowler. I, I yeah, like I'm gonna just off the top of my head, I'm gonna go my go my gut instinct as you always tell me. Um, I'm gonna go with the Prowler, and I think because of the the 
the levity or the weight that was attached to his relationship with Miles and how he di uh, differed from his father because the father was the authoritarian and his uncle was kind of like the more free spirit and both of them counteracted the different aspects of Miles' uh, personality really well. Uh, I think we've seen a, a decent chunk of the father. Maybe we could have seen a bit more of the father too if I think about it but I think I would have liked to see more of the Prowler. His action sequences are really cool. That theme music he had behind him was really intense. Like that kind of was like it was a weird inversion of like the Spider-Man um the opening beats of the Spider-Man music or something it's just like really weird like and it's like another moment again where you see like look how well the soundtrack is paired with the different scenes and the different characters like Marvel and these superhero movies tend to do that now that each superhero or each villain has seems to have their own little team music that plays when they appear kind of like you know a la Wonder Woman in the Justice League movies or or um Winter Soldier in uh the Falcon Winter Soldier but like uh, uh I just think maybe a little bit more of the Prowler a little bit more of the Uncle um so we can get to know the man um before so we can understand his reasons for being a villain maybe a little bit more yeah they didn't touch upon that to be fair that's, that's yeah you know so he's such a pivotal just character. kind of was the prowler yeah exactly like you know so i think if we found out a little bit more about why he was the prowler and what why he like what happened with him and how he ended up being with winston fisk or winston wilson fisk wilson, wilson. So, sorry wilson. all of the fisks the late uh, Michael Clark Duncan. They're called Fiskin. Yeah, uh, all the Fisky ones. But um, yeah, the late Michael Clark Duncan who played him in Daredevil and uh, Vincent D'Onofrio who fucking knocked it out of the park in also Daredevil. <laughs> but um, yeah. So like, literally, I would have liked to see more of the Prowler, but it's like again, you know, you can as you said, you can only fit so much into a ninety-five minute movie. But like, I'd like to see a bit more of the Prowler. The Prowler, if I'm gonna pick anything. I would have liked to seen his relationship with Miles fleshed out a bit more. I would have liked to have understood his motives a little bit more. But maybe you can do that with flashbacks and backstory in the sequel. And then we can find out a little bit more about him. But I just like his powers that paired really well with Miles's. And I would have liked to seen him too. Because even when Miles went invisible, couldn't he see him like with, through his goggles? That like through his heat signature or something. And that's how he tracked him back to Aunt May's house. Yeah, that was it. He had different... Yeah, like he was the perfect uh, yeah, foil. Yeah, he had different him. types of views or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Like he was his perfect foil. And it was kind of like he was his green goblin in a lot of ways. Because of the, uh, the way... Peter Parker had that relationship with Norman Osborn, like a kind of a, a, a father figure, but outside of his family. And even though he was inside his family, he was kind of like another father figure that ended up being someone that he didn't think he was or ended up being an enemy in such a personal level. Like, you know, I think they could have even kept him around, maybe turned him bad, and he would have had this kind of um, confliction or something. It's like a bit of turmoil that when they find out who each other are, and they keep going after each other, but they can't really muster up the, the the strength to kill each other or something, you know, because, you know, at the end of the day, it's still nephew and uncle, you know, even if they find themselves on opposing sides. I think when you look at it like that, I think the Prowler could have been expanded a little bit more, but like... Who, yeah, no, it's a good answer. Yeah, but who the fuck am I? <laughs> you know what I mean? This movie's amazing. Yeah, that's also, also... Yeah, yeah you know what I mean? This this movie's <laughs> amazing. I enjoyed it from start to finish, and I've seen it several times now. I'm raging I didn't see the cut sequence until now, or until yesterday, sorry, but I was fucking... It's immensely happy that I found it in the long run because it is absolutely sheer comedy gold. But um no, do you have anything else? Should, like before we get the fuck out of here, I want to ask you. I know we touched upon this earlier. How do you see the future for Sony? And are you looking forward to the sequel, Venom 2 Carnage, I think, or whatever, let's have Carnage or some shit. And um, or let there be Carnage or some shit. And are you looking forward to uh, the sequel to Spider-Verse itself. Oh, Spider-Verse itself. Um, I hope Sony kind of can work with Marvel a bit because I think I think there's a lot of money and a lot of, you know, 
great entertainment to be made there if they're all clever about it i think there's a way everyone can be happy um i i'm absolutely looking forward to venom's second out and when he's an established character i hope that could do carnage justice because he's not a pg-13 villain he's just not uh yeah you know so how do you think they're going to manage that you know what i'll tell you i'll tell you if i ever figure it out i think it's going to be maybe a little bit like riot where like you see the scene where the riot symbiote like just shoots all the spikes out and he kills a whole bunch of people in a fish market in china perhaps somewhere or yeah and um uh a lot of people died in that scene but it wasn't necessarily very graphic Dead without gore. Dead without gore, basically. So I think it might be a lot of that. But, Gar- but Carnage is like, you know, the flay and slay kind of type. So, uh, yeah, so I don't know. I-, I reserve judgment, though. I do reserve judgment, and I do have some optimism for it. Um, and as for Spider-Verse, I'll just hook it up to my veins. If they have to keep enough of the same people on board, that'll be my, whatever year that film's coming out, that will be my film of the year. And it would take an awful lot to top it. And you, uh, how do you think they'll go with both movies? Do you, like, because we've looked through all these Spider movies and they've kind of handed over their the, the crown jewel, and that's Peter Parker, his iteration of Spider Man, and they've handed him over to the MCU. So I want to focus on Venom, his rogues gallery, if he has many. And he could have Miles Morales become the Spider Man of the Venom universe, you know? Yeah, I think that is actually perfect. That is actually genius. Seriously, Sony, listen to this man. Because that is actually genius. It's true, though. Like, I mean, he is literally Spider-Man. Like, what you could literally do now is you could have a, a multiverse come in, wrap up all the wonder and questions of Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, and also introduce a Miles Morales um, and use him in the Venom-centric universe and have their own Spider-Man movies run adjacent uh, to the MCU. And they don't even have to have a similar style or feel because of the characters' divergent personalities or backgrounds. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's perfect. Like yeah, it's a really good idea. I'd like to see that actually. Listen to this man, Sony. Listen to them. I figured it out. I cracked the code. Yeah, and stop remaking Last of Us, guys. What the fuck? Sony, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, like what the fuck, dudes? <laughs> it's like you remastered that game a few years ago. Leave it alone. Make new fucking shit. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Vin, before we finish, tell the people what's next on the docket. All right, yeah. Before we get the fuck out of here, I just want to give my thoughts on uh, Spider-Verse 2 and Venom 2. That's cool. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing um, what Woody Harrelson does with Carnage, even though we spoke about this last time that maybe you we would have seen, liked to have seen maybe someone a little bit different in the part. But I, I wanted someone sleazy. It's not, you know, yeah. it's not... A, a sl- a lots of love for Woody, but I just like the... Do <laughs> you like Woody's... Look, you know? Tyler humor, come on, people. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, like an erection. Yeah, uh, this guy gets it. Like erections, he gets erections. Is what we're getting. <laughs> More Tyler humor, come on. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to seeing what Woody Harrelson does as Carnage. I don't know a lot about the extension of uh, characters that are linked with Venom, um, the symbiotes. You, you, most of what I know is what you've told me. Um, I, I would have held back a little bit. Remember we. We spoke about Riz, um, Riz Ahmed and how we probably would have held on to him maybe for another movie. Maybe held back on Riot, picked a more tertiary character. But I'm interested to see. Hopefully Sony don't blow their load too quickly with um, Venom 2 because they have a tendency of messing up sequels. Um, uh, but like, And even maybe the same thing goes for Spider-Verse. I hope they don't mess it up. hope they get out of their own way. They let the same people control it, give them the same amount of control that they had over the first movies. So we can see a coherent follow-up from Sony for the first time for a long time. And so we can understand that they have a clear picture and a clear 
you know, message or memorandum or whatever going forward and how they want to expand their universes and what way to do and what way to incorporate the movies. But I think your idea of incorporating Miles Morales into the Venom-centric yeah. universe is fucking genius. You could have him deal with my, uh, Michael Morbius. You can use all these other characters like that MCU aren't using, and then eventually you have your big payoff with your multiverse crossover. And you can, it's I think it's really clever. But like, if I used to say, looking forward, I think Sony are doing better for sure. Um, they're progressing, and hopefully they're a bit more patient because patience is key when it comes to expanding universes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, before we get the fuck out of here, Noel, um, uh, we're, sp- we're finished up now with Spider Fan Family Hour. And um, I hope you enjoyed the series as, as as much as we did when we ran through the Sony produced Spider Man movies and all the movies that are and drank as much. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't keep up to you, dude. This man, fucking hell. But um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So like, we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, and we know we have other we veered off other times with uh, One Division, Falcon, Winter Soldier, and what is because we wanted to keep a little bit more current. But like in line with keeping current what we're going to do next time we're going to go on a bit of an animation kick for the next few episodes um just to try out something different because spider-verse kind of opened our eyes to the potential of the medium a bit more and now we can have a little bit of fun because we enjoy this so much um awesome and so before we get the fuck out here i want to let you know what's coming up folks so next time we're going to look at the uh, Amazon Prime show created um, based on the Robert Kirkman um, graphic novel and that's Invincible I've yet to see it Noel's a huge proponent he's read the comic books he's watched the TV series Noel you want to fill in the fans what to expect from that episode oh well I, I, yeah any sort of deep dive into the, the world of Kirkman is going to be a feast for the sense because he is just such a terrific writer and the mediums that they've led into TV and stuff like that I think they've done they've done him justice albeit a bit hit and miss at times. So I'm just looking forward to doing a deep dive on it. Yeah, and do you, like, uh, I'm not sure if this is too much of a side note, like, but do you think you'd like to see an animated uh, Walking Dead TV series based on the graphic novel? I'd watch it. Because watch it. the show has veered, veered away from it so much and so often that it's completely different. That's the thing. I'd like I'd like an almost play-by-play. You know, I'd like, uh, the big thing is having, um, having the sheriff lose his arm. Yeah, um, that was the Rick thing Rimes. that they did. Rick Rimes, thank you. He's a deputy. Having him actually lose lose his deputy, lose his arms, um, in the prison. When he, um, but that was always a big thing in the comic books. That's where the governor uh, took him to Woodsboro and they um tortured Mayshon and they chopped off his arm. It's like the first yeah. appearance of the governor. Spoiler alert! Sorry for anyone that hasn't read the comics because yeah, yeah, a lot of people um, haven't. But like, check it out. It's got 193 issues of sheer gold and the word rad a lot. Robert Kirkman. Yeah. Why does that one say rad? Come on, guy. Um, yeah, and so you know, for a black and white comic, it just it did have just a lot of gravitas to it, you know. Yeah, it just and did. It he's was... like Robert Kirkman's success off the back of it has been insane. Like, like he, he's even one of the 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 I think he's the first person to be a partner in Image Comics without being one of the founding members, which just shows you how strong of a creator he is. Anyone should go. Yeah. Anyone has some read Oblivion song. I've caught the first sixteen issues. I am a little bit behind on it, but it's really, really excellent. Really, really like it's definitely cinematic. You'll see that being made, whether it be on the small screen or big screen. Oblivion song will, and I wouldn't be surprised if we see it on Amazon. And I wouldn't be surprised either to see Robert Kirkman take a more central role in his creativity, in the, the way his creations are brought. Because I know The Walking Dead at the time he got it created, he didn't have the same kind of creative strength that he'll have in Invisible, in sorry, in Invincible. And I think that maybe he might actually lean more in towards the animated medium if he gets more creative control. 
So you might see Oblivion Song and maybe a Walking Dead uh, animated TV series in the future. But um, also, Noel, um, we're not also we're not only going to look at Invincible because we not only like to stay current, we like to jump back to the past and keep uh, like have a look, you know, because people might miss out these new generation. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. And I, I mean, stay, I've been staying off it at the moment because I want to watch it as, fresh, as close as I possibly can to the to when we um, record the podcast. But um, and I wanted to be like, so I'm definitely going to do a deep dive in that. But like, we like to go back to the past as well. So Noel, after we do Invincible, uh, we're going to look at Spawn, the HBO ninety uh, cartoon from the nineteen nineties. Um, so Noel, uh, I've only seen this once, and it was a long time ago, and I'm not sure what to expect. But I true to you because. Um, I, I was like, why not? You know, because like the Spawn movie is pretty cool, um, but it has its weaknesses. And I remember the Todd, uh, Todd McFarlane, I think, was the creator behind Spawn. And I got up to cheat sheet here, but like, no, you looking forward to doing a deep dive on Spawn? And how much do you know about this? Oh yeah, oh yeah, I, I watched them all when I was. Well, I actually bought the videotapes. That's I'll tell you how old I am and how far back my history with Spawn goes. I used to go to chapters in dublin and buy the videotapes uh so yeah this is going to be a, a deep dive into my own childhood so yeah i know this is going to be like slipping into a warm bath yeah and um, i just checked it on the cheat sheet there keith david uh, who played childs in the thing one of my favorite if not my favorite horror movie he voices spawn in this i think it was uh, uh michael J jay white was it the guy uh, from black dynamite he yeah played, he's the one who played it yeah, in the film. Um, yeah. So I'm not sure, I can't remember like this movie, because uh, what I like to do is it's pick stuff that's current and then I like to shoot, I mean, you like to shoot ideas at each other, stuff that's kind of has that nostalgic buzz, because we're kind of hoping that he at home this, have this kind of nostalgic buzz with us and that it, hopefully that we can introduce people that maybe that are not from the generation of the 90s that are listening to this, that we can introduce you to some old shit that might be new to you. Um, but no, before we get the fuck out of here, um, do you have anything else to say about Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse experience and Sony and going forward? Are you happy enough? Well, you finish strong, carry on stronger. Make Miles Morales the Spider-Man if there's just going to be lots of fucking waving your dicks around with Peter Parker and have some really good intellectual property on your hands. Yeah, I like that. So like, uh, before we get the fuck out of here, what I'd say is, Sony, I echo Noel's sentiments. Keep going strong. Um, don't be afraid to use Miles Morales in the live, as a live action character unless you want to hold him back on Tom Holland. Gives up the mantle of Spider-Man. But I wouldn't mind seeing Miles Morales in the Tom, Harney's uni uh, Tom Hardy's universe and run it like simultaneously with Peter Parker's one because we're not going to get confused. We understand multiverses and timelines and other dimensions and time travel and all this shit that you keep throwing at us. We'll keep up. So hopefully you can keep throwing cool shit at us. So Noel, um, is that your final thoughts before we get the fuck out here? Yeah, well done on finishing strong, Sony. Real strong. You have credit where it's due because we've give, we've we've given them some flack. God knows we have, but uh, wow, wow! Talk about just a home run at the ninth inning touchdown three pointer. Uh, uh, yeah, it's also a sports yeah. um, <laughs> um But yeah, like so. Um, before we get the fuck out of here, folks, we'll see you next time with uh, Robert Kirkman's Invincible and time after that with Todd McFarlane's Spawn. And um, for, um, for now, uh, this is Dark Side of the Moon. I'm your host, Vincent Green. He's your host, Noel John Tui. Noel, where a couple of zeros talk about your favorite heroes. Yeah, I nailed it. Yeah. Right, see you next time, motherfuckers. Noel, give us the last word and get out of here. I just did. <laughs> Why couldn't that have been my last word? It was beautiful. <laughs>
because you normally say peace out. Peace out, motherfuckers. Yeah, this guy, huh? <laughs> Fucking hell. Spoon feeding him. Spoon feeding him. <laughs> All right, thanks, folks. Take care.